Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. Chris Howardell joined by Greg Crone. Gregory, how's it going? Ah, uh, you know, it's not too bad. It's not too bad if we're being 100% honest. I'm going to be very content with losing in the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm definitely not mm-hmm. going to overreact to that. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's you know, life is life, sports are sports, and we're, we're heading into this weird, the, the weird times very, very soon where it's, we're just going to have baseball, and it's going to be very well, sad. For like 20 minutes, because after the NBA, well, the NBA draft is July 29th. The, the uh, Olympics are the second week of August. Whether or not they should happen is a whole other conversation, but it does appear they're going to. And then you basically get, you have, at that point, also an NFL training camps are going on. So there is gonna, that, that period is going to be a very truncated period where we just have baseball this year. Eh, I don't know about all that. But, I mean, I'm not, I'm not that interested in the Olympics. What am I going to watch? I don't know. Just whatever is on. Isn't that basically the motto of the Olympics? You're interested in this because it's on? I guess. Because it's on TV. Uh, Metal count. Metal oh count. I don't know. It's, some of the stuff's cool. Like, I'll watch track and field. I guess, I, I guess I'll have to get into my, uh, my every four years fencing fandom. That works. <laughs> What's it? It's every five years this time. But that's nah, true. That's true. <sighs> yeah, we're not here to talk about the Olympics. Never. We, prob- we probably will later on. But, you know, I mentioned this really quickly on the show last week, and I know you've mentioned it on Better's Delight as well, but we, we do really have a super cool thing that we're excited about right now that we're gearing up for the listeners. Not a done deal, uh, but uh, we can now say uh, it's going to be a, a poker tournament free for everyone. Yeah, absolutely, man. As, uh, as an avid poker player, I'm very interested in, uh, in getting in on this. I can't wait to be able to play with kind of everybody and, and see how it goes. Yeah, I really don't know if I'm supposed to say this part yet, uh, and I'll, I'll leave it broad because there are still some uh, some final touches that we're ironing out, some uh, some uh, some eyes to be dotted, some T's to be crossed. But there's there's going to be a little special uh, special thing surrounding the hosts who will be taking part in the tournament as well, and uh, it's it, let's just say there, there there could potentially be benefits for being better at poker than some of the hosts. Honestly, target the betters delight guys. If that's an, if this if this comes to fruition, target them. Not me, but target Matt, Mike, and Mark. Uh, that th- those are the guys you want to go after. Yeah, we're. I'm hoping very soon we're gonna have official word. But um, we're. I'm. I'm super excited about this. The the good people over at Ignition have been awesome partners so far. We're really excited to be working with them. And uh, once once we can announce the final shape of what exactly this is going to be, I think I think it's going to be super cool, and I'm I'm just super excited for people to be able to take part in it, and for us to actually be able to announce the the full scope of what we're talking about. Yeah, man, I can't wait. Should be a lot of fun. It is going to be for sure, and I am I'm a little bit scared because uh, I don't I don't know how uh, how my poker skills are going to hold up, quite frankly. Dude, we, we used to run we used to run poker games all the time back in the day, uh, but it's been it's been a very long time. When I moved to Oregon, the weekly card game basically ended. It fell apart. 
mm-hmm. because we had one less person or they had one less person and uh, other real life obligations arose and it's never really picked back up since coming back. So I'm definitely rusty. I can definitely say that. Uh, Alexa and I were talking about this a couple of, uh, like probably a couple of weeks ago when this was in its infancy and we were watching, we were watching Celebrity Poker Showdown on YouTube just to get sort of re, uh, refreshed with uh, all of the terms and some of the strategies. Dude, poker on TV was nuts. There was yeah. like a huge run where it was constantly on. Like poker on oh, yeah. TV was on every, every channel. There were so many different iterations. They used to do the Heads Up Poker Championship on NBC, uh, and it was like a 64-person bracket, and they would like battle all the way down to you know a Final Four, a Final Two, and, and they'd crown a, a winner. It was nuts, and they would just do Heads Up, just basically 1v1 the whole way down. But that- Dude, I I was totally into Celebrity Poker Showdown. I was I was totally into it. It was on Bravo, I think. Oh yeah, and the guests the guests they got were like bananas. We just watched the uh, we watched the West Wing one, which I'm I'm looking at it right now, and I'm trying to see exactly uh, no, game number two, I guess. Oh yeah, it was uh, Richard Schiff, John Spencer, Timothy Busfield, Allison Janney, and Martin Sheen. But like the like game one had like uh, Don Cheadle and Ben Affleck and David Schwimmer. Um, Hank Azaria, Michael Ian Black, and the, the third one, Paul Rudd and Coolio. I like. I need to go back and watch Paul Rudd, Coolio, Ron Livingston, and Sarah Silverman play poker. I could have swore Paul Rudd and Ron Livingston were the same person. So that's yeah. interesting. <laughs> but I just I needed to remember some stuff. I needed to remember some stuff. Uh, but we're absolutely going to have uh, much more information in the coming weeks. So stay tuned for that. And uh, yeah, we're hype. That's all. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say right now. Dude, do you remember, and I know we're, we're sort of moving on from that, Yeah, but the good. World the World Series of Poker, like, boom yeah. that happened with ESPN, that, that was absolutely insane, and it led to just an absolute outbreak of poker all over the place. Yeah. It, it became... Texas Hold'em just blew up overnight. It just absolutely blew up. It was everywhere. Everyone was playing it. It was on TV everywhere. It was it was one of the more crazy phenomenons to watch because it it literally did just come out of nowhere and suddenly became this incredibly popular thing. Dude, it was on TV. You could find you could find poker on TV at any point of the day. Like whether yeah. it was World Poker Tour, Celebrity Poker Showdown, the Heads Up stuff, any of the World Series stuff from ESPN, like you could find it legitimately anywhere at any oh time for like a solid decade. Oh boy. I'm looking at I'm looking at uh Season five, game one, Brad Garrett, Ray Romano, Sarah Rue, Catherine O'Hara, and Kurt Schilling. Hmm. Kurt probably had a lot to offer. Oh, can, man, can I tell you, like, it pains me what Kurt Schilling has become because, God, I loved that guy when he was a Philly. Listen, let's just start. You can, you can completely cut out all the, the Twitter stuff now. The man bankrupted a state. Yeah, he bankrupted an entire state with loans that he took out for a video game company. Like, yeah. the guy's just not, he's not a good guy. <laughs> no. No, he's not. But uh, what was it? Uh, five consecutive strikeouts to start the uh, the World Series game. So, hey, there's that. Yeah. I mean, the guy was a phenomenal pitcher. The, 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 the post-baseball career. And again, political affiliations, all that fun stuff aside. I don't even have to count that. It's it's the the completely unwavering... Like, I, it's not my fault that Rhode Island has no money anymore, which is the issue. 
Oh boy. Uh, a lot of these have not aged well. I was looking at some of the people who came back and played multiple times. I mentioned <laughs> that the Busfeld played that first year uh, with the, the, West, the rest of the West Wing group. He came back, played with Dulé Hill, also from West, West, World, West Wing and Psych. Uh, also in that game, Danny Masterson and James Woods. Well, yeah, oops, mm, that's a tough one. What's yeah, the, who, where, who, who, could they knock a Kevin Spacey for that? Who played in the next one? Was it OJ, Ray Carruth, Aaron <laughs> Hernandez, and yeah. Uh, yeah, like just what a. For the record, the, the next one was Michael Ian Black, Star Jones, Norm Macdonald, Adam Rodriguez, and Jeremy Sisto. That's not right. We're, we're back on track. We're back on yeah, show. well, there, there's there's some, yeah, all right. Well, we won't get into some of those people, but th- no. they just it was it was freaking home run hitters week in week out. I cannot believe that they just continued to get crazy superstars. Uh, here's Bobby Cannavale, Tony Hawk, Cheryl Hines, who's everywhere right now. Dennis Rodman and uh, Ryan Stiles one week. NPH <laughs> was there. Uh, Macaulay Culkin, just the Culk? man. Yeah, he played. Where did I see? I just saw Macaulay Culkin. He played with Donnie Deutsch, uh, Shannon Elizabeth, Kathy Griffin, and uh, and and, uh, and oh no, that sorry. He played with Neil Flynn, Sarah Gilbert, Ricky Lake, and Kevin Nealon. That's like a mix of. It's a weird group. Yeah, well, you said you said Neil Flynn, and then you went Sarah Gilbert, which I confused for Sarah Chalk, who's yeah, she's on Scrubs. Yeah, but Sarah Gilbert's Roseanne, right? So, huh. Yeah, that's crazy, man. There were just, yeah, just home run hitter after it. I, <laughs> I would have loved to have been like Emily Proctor or Jeff Garland in playing with Angela Bassett, Dave Navarro, and Mackay Pfeiffer. <laughs> this like, is the second time in my day the Mackay Pfeiffer's come up, which is strange. That's not enough. That is not enough. No, it really isn't. And it's really only because it came up in my head. And it was, uh, I for some reason, that, that random phrase... Or the random line from that Eminem song where he's talking about uh, no something and then no Mackay Pfeiffer because Mackay Pfeiffer played his boy in the movie. Yeah, I don't know. And, and uh, oh god, what is Eight this? Mile? Uh, yeah, I know it's Eight Mile, but what the song is? Lose yourself. Yeah, yeah, really? yeah, yeah. So Dave, I forgot Dave Foley hosted Celebrity Poker Showdown because now I'm later now I'm on. Fully, later on. N- now I'm fully locked in here, and I'm looking at. Matthew Perry, Stephen Root, Sarah Silverman, home run hitters, man, yeah, and it went they, it went is, eight years apparently. That's that's crazy. Who hosted originally? Uh, may, oh, I don't know. Maybe it was maybe it was Foley. I thought he came in later, but it was it was the the poker guy. Um, the uh, I know his, I know his name, and I can't think of it. I can, I'm looking at his picture, and I just Phil just, Gordon. Phil Gordon, yeah, yeah. yeah. I always get yeah. him and Howard How, uh, Howard Letterman confused. Oh no, I'm right. Okay, the first series, yeah, yeah, this is right. The first series was hosted by Kevin Pollack. The ah, episodes that makes that, sense. The, the episodes that were run were an hour in length, except for the championship telecast, which was two hours. In 2004, the show expanded all episodes to two hours in length, and Dave Foley took over hosting duties. Most episodes of his run were two hours in length. Only one episode, the championship telecast of the fifth tournament, was an hour. Not sure why the championship they would reverse that, but so be it. Um, professional poker player Phil Gordon provided color commentary for the first seven seasons, and Phil Helmuth took over for the eighth season. Uh, of course, of course, Helmuth had to get in there. And uh, known, Michael, known Michael Ian Black was the first person to be in three tournaments. Huh, interesting. Michael Ian Black is a weird dude. Uh, this is just Bla- something I completely forgot ever existed, and now I'm glad you brought it in back into my life. 
<laughs> uh, Jennifer Tilly eliminated both Dougie Doug and Brett Butler in the same hand. The only time that one person eliminated two people in the same hand. I mean, that might be the only time Dougie Doug and Brett Butler were on the same <laughs> in the same place at one time. I like Brett, to think that they're really good friends. I mean, Brett Butler's the the female comedian who starred in yeah. Grace Under Fire, right? Correct. Correct. Yeah, and then Dougie Doug is well, he's just Dougie, Dougie Doug. Doug. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I got nothing uh, of Cool Runnings fame. Yes, absolutely, Sanka. <laughs> I think that's what everyone knows him as. Yeah, absolutely. You dead man. I, I, but it is real tough. I tried to find Cool Runnings on uh, on Blu-ray, and it was real tough. Really, I feel like that's a movie. I mean, well, number one, I feel like that's a movie you can stream for free on somewhere. <clears throat> uh, number me. one, number two, to be on Blu-ray, I'm surprised it's not available. Yeah, look, I found it. Uh, we, we won't talk about the <laughs> we won't talk about the means upon which I, I, I used to get it, but uh, I found it, and that's what's important. I have the John Candy, <laughs> Ducky Doug vehicle, cool runnings. You broke into John Candy's uh, museum, the museum <sighs> dedicated to John Candy. Can I tell you something that I'm I'm not super proud of? We talked about this. before. You actually broke into the museum of John Candy. It was it was a mausoleum, but yeah. but yeah. Um, no, I did not do that. Uh, I talked a while back about, I think, and I think this conversation stemmed, stemmed out of the, uh, us seeing the first Space Jam trailer and talking about how, you know, it's not really for us at this point and talking about other stuff that's not necessarily for us. One of those things was, uh, the new iteration of the Mighty Ducks on, uh, on Disney plus. I watched them all. I watched them all and I got into it at the end. I watched so uh we had a, we got into an argument on Better's Delight about this exact thing, uh, and specifically around the Mighty Ducks thing, and I was told just watch it, give it a chance. Yeah. I got seventy one seconds into it and said, This is no thank you. I, I hung on. I finished okay. the first episode and then I okay. said never again. I said that at the end of the first episode too, but like all right. I'm not, look, spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen the first season of Mighty Ducks Game Changers on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> but I got drawn in uh, by, I think it was like episode six or seven, maybe five, I don't know, in that range, in that, in that three episode range, when a bunch of the old Mighty Ducks showed up. And then all of this, like, I was like, all right, cool. Like, I get it. This is connected. This world's connected. And the original plan, uh, I read after the fact was for like the all the old guys from the Muddy Ducks to be kind of more recurring characters in the first season of the show where you were just kind of going to see them around town. But but COVID uh, eliminated the ability to do that. And that's also why why uh, Josh Jackson didn't show up in the first season. But the plans are apparently it's coming back for another season. It did pretty well. And uh, we're going to see more of the the previous Mighty Ducks in coming seasons. Well, that's what I need. I, I need that. I need that pull to get me to get me in. I need a little bit of a mix of that for me to be into it. And episode one, j- just Gordon <sighs> Bombay isn't enough for me. <sighs> Excuse just, me. You're okay. <sighs> Thank you. I need the Hendrix hockey rap. I need. <laughs> I need. <laughs> give me. Give me a little bit of Trinidad and Tobago with the uh-huh. steel drums. I, I need some. I need all that. I need uh not Gunner Stall. Give me Wolf Wolf the Dennis Stanton. I need that guy. I, I need all that season. stuff. Uh yeah, they did start to they start to bur- started to bring it back more into the world. And it was also it was just like kind of a bummer to see a Gordon Bombay who like hated hockey. Like what what am I watching? I mean, he definitely hated hockey at a certain point in in his actual like in the early ones. You could see it. You could see it like you get the, you get the 3 and he's not even really their coach. 
He was in three there. very little. He was not in three as much as people think he was. No, yeah, he's just kind of there. Like it's yeah, yeah, it is what it is. I don't know. I'm just gonna say, like, I'm I'm gonna say it. Like, you should you should get you should try another couple episodes because just as a Mighty Ducks fan, I think it it's worth consuming. It's not look, it's not great. Nobody's gonna say it's great, and how it ends is utterly ridiculous. <laughs> uh, utterly ridiculous how how the end of the season comes. There is a there is a zero percent chance it would have actually gone like that, especially since like the one thing I will say about the Mighty Ducks movies, like these the kids could actually like skate a little bit, and that you could tell that they had some functional hockey skills. Mm. The the <laughs> the Mighty Ducks on Disney Plus kids. Do not have that. I don't know, man. I think, uh, you know, eight, ten-year-old Danny Tamborelli probably wasn't the most skilled <laughs> skater in the world. Uh, you got, like, first of all, you, you're talking about crazy impossibilities. And, and two, one of the specialties is a knuckle puck. <laughs> and, and, that's amazing. That's, that's classic. But one of the ways they get him on the ice is they dress him up during a 60-second timeout in the goalie uniform and nobody notices. Like, what? It's the goalie! That's the whole line. And it, it's just ridiculous. It's just absolutely knuckle puck. ridiculous. I'm not saying the knuckle puck isn't, isn't an all-time all-timer. It is. Believe me. But I don't know, man. I, I, don't, know if I, I don't know if I can do this. I just look. I think you should. Okay, I, I will tell you this. It, in terms of sports shows, if you haven't watched it, watched it, and I believe I've talked about this before, there is no show in all of the world right now that you should be watching if you haven't seen Ted Lasso. You should run, not walk, to go watch Ted Lasso. It is like I don't care about soccer even a little bit, and it was my. It's legitimately my favorite show of the last five years. I love it. It has heart. It's funny. It's it's sensational. Following that, once you've watched that, an actual good show, as a fan of the Mighty Ducks, like it's 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 worth it's worth seeing the continued adventures. Gordon becomes Gordon a little bit more. I don't think that's a spoiler. Uh, gets a little bit more back into it. I I wasn't ecstatic about the casting of Lauren Graham, who I'm I I do not love in this role, and I was terrified they were going to try and force more of a romance between. Uh, Graham and uh, Emilio Estevez, but yeah, I was content with how it, and I'm, I was content with how it it finished. I will watch season two when it comes out. Do, I, I'm saying I think it's worth seeing. Do we at least get a weird like uh, early morning misty aired outdoor scene of Bombay oh, on, on there, ice? There is a very prominent outdoor episode. Uh, I, I need I need Bombay just skating around the frozen pond. Reminiscing about his dad and 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 the 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 coach Coach Riley, he's reminiscing and he's doing the triple deke on nobody for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> Got to uh, practice. I need all that. Got to practice. I guess you never practice your crossover in an empty gym. Never. I was a catch and shoot guy. No, that's true. I, I practiced my crossover. Um, yeah, it's worth watching. Like it's it's ridiculous. It's implausible. It's it's not based in reality. But it's worth seeing. Um, speaking of not based in reality, Gregory. Oh, God. I am, uh, as we get closer and closer to the football season coming back, we're getting a lot of the, we're getting a lot of COVID stuff coming out of football. And Bruce Arians came out today following Ron Rivera bringing in a vaccination expert to uh, talk to the Redskins. Uh, pardon me, the, the Washington football team. How 
dare you? I know. I'll never. I'll never stop saying it. Like the San Nobody, Diego Chargers. Nobody will. It's, it's ingrained in you forever. Uh, you're absolutely right. I need the Supersonics to come back, just so I stop saying the Supersonics. <laughs> um, uh, Arians came out basically and said he was asked about it. He said, "I'm the expert." Okay. All right, right. BA. Fair Thank enough. You. Uh, he said, if you want to go back to normal, get vaccinated, is what Arian said. 85% is what we're shooting for. It's all about personal choice. I don't see a reason not to be vaccinated. Obviously, Sam Darnold came out and uh, said he's still on the fence. He's still skeptical. We're seeing that uh, multiple assistant coaches who are not getting vaccinated, excuse me, are going to be barred from, uh, barred from the field and meeting rooms and stuff like that because if they're not vaccinated, other protocols have to be in place. Where's your head at with the vaccinations in football right now? I mean, Sam, we're still skeptical that you could be an NFL quarterback. And to That's be honest, true. honestly, the, skept- the skepticism is pretty loud. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. You would think that you would think that like you'd want to do whatever's best for the team. Yeah. And it's not even that. Like, I think it's I think it's pretty obvious unless you, you know, unless you travel around the Internet in some ways. <laughs> uh, the, or you the have vaccine, Facebook. Yeah, true. The vaccine, from an overall standpoint, probably is an issue. Now, I did I did magnetically attach to my fridge the other day. Yeah, uh, so that's, <laughs> that's a that's problem. A, that's a feature, not a problem. That's true. I yeah, you're you're right. You're right. I shouldn't I shouldn't have I shouldn't have said that as a negative. Uh, All of a sudden, my cell phone reception works way better. <laughs> it's crazy, dude. It's absolutely I'm hu- crazy. I, I love it. I'm hype about it. I would get the shot again just to get my cell phone reception working better again. I think the blinking light in the leg was a nice touch. I thought that was I thought that was good. It lets um, people know where I am in the dark. Yeah, it's like it's like if I'm riding a boat down the river at night. Exactly. I get it. Yes, it's exactly. for my. It's not just for your safety. It's for mine. And you're um, sticking your leg up in the air to allow others to know where you are at all. Which times. is which is how Greg drives the boat, ironically. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's you. You can't mandate it. I mean, you can, but you you, you, you can't. Probably... You, you you literally can't. I I'm, I'm I would imagine it's unconstitutional. Yeah, there's. I'm sure there's legal aspects to employment and things like that that prevent you from doing it. Uh, I like the idea of Rivera and and those guys bringing in, uh, bringing in somebody to come and actually talk and to take the noise away. Because dude, let's be fair. Social media is the dumpster fire of this entire society and world. Mm-hmm. If we're being oh, perfectly yeah. honest, it's. It, it it's there's no you're never going to be able to determine what's fact and what's fiction ever. It's just never going unless to be you the apply case. common logic. Well, sure, but most people don't do that. Uh, so that's where that's where you run into run into a problem, and it's easy to fall into rabbit holes, man. We just spent 20 minutes talking about celebrity poker showdown. Like that's, that's a true. rabbit hole. It's not a detrimental one, but no. it's a rabbit hole nonetheless. It's a so, it's a giant boon to anyone who looks into it. It's a good point. It's definitely a good point. I'm going to end up watching Rounders tonight because of the conversation. Oh, Rounders is so good. I've, I've watched it. My senior, I'm such a loser. My senior quote in my high school yearbook is a quote from Rounders. That's how much of a loser I am. Which one would you go with? Uh, just talking about having an ace up. It's the uh, Worm talks about always having an ace up his sleeve. I forget the exact quote. Yeah, I feel like uh, you could have done better than that. I would have eh. gone, gone with don't splash the pot. Yeah, I mean, of course. But it was more about having an advantage. I don't know. I'm, I, I'm, I'm a nerd. And a loser at most. Have I mentioned that before? No, uh, well, look, we both just made rounders quotes. So good point. I, I, don't, I think it applies to both of us. I mean, I've watched that movie so many times. I'm very confident I can I can basically say the entire movie word for word. Uh, Teddy KGB, one of the great characters in all of movies. Oh, 100 percent. The most annoying, the the most, the best part about the non DVD era ending when it comes to movies uh, is 
waking up to the TV or the personal DVD player that you were using when you were watching something before you went to sleep, mm-hmm. and just the constant every thirty second reset music. Oh, for the that's menu. true. That's oh, true. Oh my god, dude! The round, ra- the round, ra- I, I could sing the rounders one now. Just like the rhythm that they had to it, it was. Ugh. <laughs> that's true. I, I hadn't, I had not considered that, um, but. Look, I, we'll get back to rounders. Don't worry about that. But I do want to come back to this vaccine thing real quick. Do you, like? Do you think Pro Football Talk brought up the possibility that even though you know we're supposed we're technically supposed to give the best guy the job, do you think teams would potentially lean towards a vaccinated player versus an unvaccinated player if their skill sets are roughly equivalent? Absolutely. Because th- okay, do you think? they would lean towards a slightly worse vaccinated player against a slightly better unvaccinated player. Yeah, because it's it's an easier you'd rather have the easier time around everything else. Right. versus having to deal with that. Like you just yeah. would. And and I mean I think that applies across the board for any profession if we're being perfectly honest, but I think in this case in particular from a football standpoint absolutely. If it means you can have real meetings, if it means you don't have to have math, if it's like there, right. there are so many advantages to just having vaccinated players that you're going to get from a logistics standpoint. Like, it's it just doesn't make any sense to not go that route. Do you think it causes issues in locker rooms where guys are just sick and tired of wearing masks and taking, you know, three COVID tests daily and getting the nasal swabs and et cetera, that it causes it's like a haves and a have nots in the locker room, potentially? Hell yeah, it would bother the shit out of me. If I had to go through all that stuff because Frank didn't want to get the vaccine, yeah. it's like, dog, like you just watched the everybody else on the team is vaccinated and we're all still here. I, I only have four extra legs. It's fine. <laughs> like, yeah, honestly, it helps me in my backpedal right before I have to turn and burn with Julio Jones. Like, that's it's just it's a bizarre it's a bizarre, like it's definitely going to cause arguments if if guys don't want to put up with it anymore. Okay, just, I get. Th- go ahead. I was just gonna say, just like everybody else wants to get back to normal life, and we're tired of of all this and masks and 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 all that fun stuff. Like it's the, the, these guys have to be the same way. Like they just have to be. They have to be so over some of this stuff and how heavily scrutinized last year was with all the testing, with all the the protocols and all that mm-hmm. stuff. You, th- there's no way they're not fed up with it. I, I couldn't agree more. The big question, and the uh, really a hot topic in in a lot of areas, if players elect not to get vaccinated, should they should they lose game checks if they miss games because of COVID? Like if they test positive or something. If they if they test positive and have elected not to get vaccinated, should they be paid? No, I mean you you can't you didn't show up for work because you didn't follow the rules. If you look right. at if you look at if you look like let's just take the John Rahm incident right from the PGA oh my tour God. over Insane. the weekend. I mean that that and I don't even know. I haven't looked into the whole all the details around Rahm. I don't know if he had the vaccine and just happened to still get COVID. I don't know. So I'm speaking as if he were an unvaccinated person. Wait, I believe is the case. By the way, I'm looking it up right now. Okay, so you you know the rules. You know that you're going to be tested. You know that if you test positive. There is a chance, that, or not a chance, if you test positive, you are out of the tournament, regardless of your position, regardless of that. So that's on you. You're willing to take that risk that you're not going to get it 
And like whether it affects you or whether it doesn't, you're not going to get it. You now cost yourself probably $1.4 million in prize yeah. money in a tournament you were winning easily. The uh, the first headline I see is uh, Rom's decision not to get vaccinated potentially costs him $1.6 million. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, so I think it should be exactly the same in the NFL. Right. You you it's it's violating it's violating league pol not league policy but it's um uh, league rules essentially the rule is if you want to play you have to test negative or you have to you know what I mean like unfortunately for at least this next year or part of it we're probably going to see stuff like that happen again it's just going to be the case so I think if you if you're you're more likely than not you know or you yeah. You're better off just getting it if you're a player, not having to deal with this. Right. Like, I completely. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I, I, to me, again, personal choice, do what you want to do. I do what I want to do. You do what you want to do. I'm never going to tell somebody what they should do. But, like, I think you have to look at it from a logical standpoint of what, you know, well, there's only really negatives of not getting it versus you getting it. And, okay, so, you know, some people get sick for a day. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's, that's just, I, I don't understand. I really don't. Hey guys, Chris here to let you know this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why is brought to you in part by Cardan Skincare. I'm just going to say it. I love these guys. It's always fun to work with a company where great products and great people come together. And that is the case here. They were actually kind enough to send us over a little goodie bag to try out, and man, was I impressed. The thing that really shocked me was uh, I opened up the box and it looked high-end, yet it's not at this crazy high-end price point. The thing I want to talk about today is the Daily SPF Moisturizer. I'm looking at the notes here and I see that it has won Best Sunscreen multiple times and it's been featured in GQ, Forbes, Valet, Ask Men, and a handful of others. I've got to say, I, I'm not surprised in the least bit. It feels professional grade. It doesn't feel like I'm wearing sunscreen. It's lightweight, it absorbs really quickly, and leaves nothing behind. And it's got a pleasant little smell to it while also moisturizing. Just recently, I was out in the very, very, very hot Northern California sun with the daily SPF moisturizer on. And my face looks great, feels great, no sunburn. I can't say enough good things about this. And it is not only that, Cardan has a huge array of skincare items. For you to check out, let's take care of ourselves, guys. Cardan was founded with the mission to make personal care accessible to everyone, men and women. It may be marketed to men, but women can certainly use it too and they're going to absolutely love it as well, no question. So do not hesitate one more single moment. Head over to cardonformen.com, C-A-R-D-O-N-F-O-R-M-E-N.com and use our promo code YWAHW for 15% off your order. Cardan, put your best face forward. Yeah, I don't. You didn't have any negative side effects, right? Nope, zero. Perfectly my, fine. My sec, my second shot. I I was extraordinarily tired that first day, but but that was it, and I was done with it the second day. I didn't yeah. have any. I was. I didn't get sick or anything. To quote Mike Crone, "I'm just built <laughs> different." That's as, that's as how we that always works. should. If there's one person in life, I'd like to. Just, you know, have have motivational quotes from as at, at any point during today. It's Mike Crone. Well, it is funny. I was, you know, I was traveling earlier. It's why the show's a little bit late uh, this yeah. week. But 
uh, I was I was traveling, and uh, when I arrived in my destination, I found out that my entire family at home was sick. Wife, both kids, everybody's throwing up and not having a great time. Um, oh. And my assumption was that it just had to be from something that we ate maybe the night before. It, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Me? Nothing. Now, Nothing. It just just built different, Chris. It's just how it works. People people also think that food poisoning works a little bit quicker than it does. It typically takes you know about forty eight hours to see negative side effects, but you know, uh, yeah. I do I do imagine that you guys all ate r- relatively the same food, with the possible exception of your youngest. So no, yeah, we all ate pretty much exactly the same thing. Not not pretty much. We all ate exactly the same thing. So uh, and well, so. Yeah, I, I didn't really have I didn't really have the issues that they they ran into. Unfortunately, I felt terrible because I was mm, three hundred miles away and really couldn't do anything. So that was mm-hmm. kind of a bummer. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just weird. Everybody gets affected by everything just a little bit differently. Oh, apps, and we saw that. Look, we're not. I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about coronavirus. We've we have done that for a year and a half. But we saw that with coronavirus itself. Some people had different symptoms. Some people had nothing and it was completely unpredictable. Moving on from that, Gregory, I have rounders pulled up in front of me on Rotten Tomatoes. What, what was the Rotten Tomatoes score? Uh, I would say it's probably like 77. What was, okay. That's Rotten Tomatoes. What's the audience score? Audience score, I'd say like 91. 65 and 87. Hmm. So pretty close. Now, we're going to move on and play a quick game, as we did with Adam Sandler. I'm going to let you pick the uh, pick the actor. You can go Matt Damon, Ed Norton, John Turturro, or John Malkovich. Let's do Damon. Okay, let's do Matt. That's certainly the biggest name of the group. Um, Matt Damon. What are... I'm going to get three strikes and you're out. Give okay. me the five highest rated in your pick, audience or critic score. Oh. Uh, let's do let's do critics score. Okay, five highest rated. Okay, this is going to be challenging. Or we do audience score. Whatever. No, well, it's going to be either one's going to be challenging. Just because we, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stipulate that the uh, this this applies to films where he was an actor. There's a lot of uh, a lot of movies in here where he was a narrator or a producer or something like that. But yeah, actor only. Uh, give me give me those five. I mean, Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting is number one uh, of of uh, movies that actually count at ninety eight percent. Ocean's Eleven. Oh boy, uh, Ocean's Eleven. Uh, not too low, probably. And I'm guessing here, probably around twelve overall at eighty seven, eighty three percent. Okay. Uh, Strike one. What's the one where he, the Martian? The Martian, my favorite movie of all time, is probably about number seven at ninety-one percent. Strike two. Uh, shit. There, there <laughs> are one's a gimme. Uh, two, two, two are guessable. The other one you would never get in a million years. I can't imagine it's a born movie. I just can't. I I can't. I can't. Oh shit! We have a tie. Sorry, we have a tie for number five. Okay, I can't think that it's like the Bourne identity. I just don't think that's. Good. I don't think the Bourne s- saga would be that high from a critic standpoint. Okay. Uh, there's that. We bought a zoo movie. It's um, not that one. I'll no, give I didn't you that. think so. 
Uh, there's that one where he gets small. They do the uh-huh. shrinking thing. It's, that, yeah, it's it's uh, something sized, but it's yeah. It's, it's that's, I know that's that not one. it. It's definitely not oh, man. downsizing. Yeah, forty-seven percent. That's not surprising. Uh, it's definitely not. I keep wanting to say talented Mr. Ripley, but I don't know if that's him or not. Um, I feel like I I will tell you that it is him playing the titular Tom Ripley. Then I have to go with that. I couldn't think if that was him or Russell Crowe for some reason. Well, I wouldn't have given it to you if it was in the top five. That's strike three. That was dumb. Number number two is True Grit. Number three is the one who you never would have gotten in a million years behind the candelabra. Ah, the Liberace movie? Yeah, you weren't guessing that. Don't no, don't give me no. No, I would have never because I wouldn't have considered an HBO movie right to, to be in that list. Number four is the one that was, I believe, the no-brainer. That's Saving Private Ryan. Ah, uh, duh, that's a bad one. Five A is Ford versus Ferrari, which was great. Uh, and five B, the Bourne Ultimatum. Eh, so the Bourne movie did make it in there. All right, Surprising. same game, same game. Three strikes, top five box office numbers. Ooh. Well, now this is where I think Bourne comes into play. But I okay. also think Ocean's Eleven... I also think the Ocean movies come into play here. Okay. I will, uh, I, I, I'll spot you that there's one of each. Okay. So let's... I would say the Bourne Supremacy is the one that I think would be in there. Strike one, number six. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> then Ocean's, Ocean's Eleven, I think, is the one that's in there. That's a correct guess. Number five. Okay. Um... Oh shit! I had one in my head. What is I? I dude, I watched this. I watched this fucking movie a thousand times. Uh-huh. A million times. The The Departed. That's what. Uh, it number nine. Uh, what? Strike two. Whack as hell, Matt Damon. Whack as hell, um, indeed. Well, then let's just. I'll say the Born Identity. Strike three. Really? Born, I- Born Identity is uh two under the Departed at one twenty one. Look, we're talking about big numbers here with all of these. One, okay, two of them you weren't going to guess because he's not a main character. Um, so Euro okay. trip is that high in the box yes. office? <laughs> Euro trip number one, five hundred million dollars. Don't ask me how. I'm going to give you one more strike because uh, because there are two in here where he is not a main character. Not a main character. And honestly, I bet you there's another one that they're not counting right now. Be- in fact, there definitely is where he is. He- he's probably uncredited. And that is that is the Thor that is the uh, the Thor movie. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, see, I don't know, and I'm out on all Marvel stuff. Yeah, but that is it. that is not on here. So regardless. Okay. Uh, uh Man. So you've got one of five right now. Yeah. With three not, with three I, strikes. I, I, well, you've only got one born movie, like really one born movie to guess left, right? So. Well, yeah. It's they've got to be. It's it's either Jason Bourne or the Born uh, mm-hmm. Born Identity. You guessed one identity, those. and that was not right. Yeah, well, then I guess it's Jason Bourne. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna also tell you Jason Bourne's not right. What the what the hell? It now is I the other no Bourne movie. Well, I I said ultimatum. I said no, you supremacy. didn't. No, you didn't. You might have meant to say ultimatum. Uh, maybe and, I got thrown off because you said ultimatum in the first one. I don't know, possibly. Born Born ultimatum was number three. Uh, Interstellar was number four. Oh, that's I uh, see space movie. Interstellar is great. That's a Chris Nolan movie. It supersedes space movies. Uh, number two, speaking of my my favorite movie of all time, The Martian, and Duh. number one, this is zero chance in the world you would have ever gotten this. Uh, he has a cameo in Deadpool two. 
uh, I'm not as familiar with Deadpool tool, uh, Deadpool two as I am Deadpool one. Let, let's do an Ed Norton version real quick. Okay. Let's do. An I got Ed time. Norton, let's do an Ed Norton version. We're only at 37 minutes here. I got I got to mail a check after this, so we're good. So, you, so you're busy. Uh, critic, critic or audience? I, I guess I, I I don't know if audience is easier. That's the only issue. Like, is audience easier than critic? Yeah, do critic. Let's do critic. Let's go the the good old tomato meter. Top five. Uh, it's not the prestige because it's oh. the other movie that he was in. The I'm just gonna say this right now. This is hard. It's the illusionist. The illusionist comes in around number twelve, seventy three percent. American History X. That was the one gimme in this list. I thought. Oh, uh, it, Jesus. It is, yeah, it is, this is a hard list. This is number. He, it came in at number five. Because he does like artsy fartsy movies. Uh yes, and if you think about his uh, a, a frequent partnership, you'll be led to two of the movies. Fight Club. Fight Club is uh, number nine. It looks like seventy nine percent. Frequent partnership. Yeah, he, he frequently he... works with a director in an artsy fartsy type of style. Uh, is one of it? Is one of them the newest movie that he did, Motherless Brooklyn? Uh, I heard that movie stunk, but that feels like just the name of it is critic. It feels like a critic's dream. Uh, actually, near the bottom of the of the fresh score, yeah. so number sixty four percent. Sixty four percent. Uh, so three strikes real quick. I yeah, will tell you. Quick. Number four is The People versus Larry Flint. I would have uh, Number that. three is Birdman or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance, the Michael Keaton movie, which is good. And at the top, the artsy-fartsy partnership is with Wes Anderson, and it is The Grand Budapest Hotel and Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah, I really got to start watching like movies made after 2004. <laughs> Well, let's let's do this. Let's go to the uh, let's go to box office numbers for for Norton because that's going to be a little bit more uh, accessible. I don't know. I really don't know. You got any guesses at all? Well, man. No, I, I will really... say. I, here's what I'll, here's the here's the hint that I will give you. None of the none of the movies we have guessed so far are on this list. <laughs> Great, that gives me exactly <laughs> zero guesses. Fight Club came uh, out too early. Yeah, that makes sense. He's definitely in like some goober ass movies that he make is in like some goober ass movies. Yeah. Uh, man, I guess I didn't know Ed Norton's career as well as I thought I uh, did. All right, I'll just give them to you. Number five, Red Dragon, the uh, the oh. last the last of the Hannibal movies. Yeah. Okay. Where he plays Will Graham. Uh, oh, I didn't even know he played Will Graham. That's funny. I didn't realize that was Will Graham. Uh, obviously, Graham. The, the titular character, well, the, the secondary character to the titular Hannibal in the uh, Brian Fuller Hannibal series. Huh. Number four, which is fu- really fucked up and kind of great, um, the animated film Sausage Party. Ah, yeah, I would have never guessed that he was a voice in that. Number three, The Italian Job. Ah, man, it's a great movie. Number two... We've got danced around this all day. The Born Legacy. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> and number one, you weren't going to get just because you don't like these movies, The Incredible Hulk. Yeah, but that's like the, the isn't that the shitty Incredible Hulk? No, the Eric Bana one is the shitty Incredible Hulk. I, I argue that this Norton's version of The Incredible Hulk is actually a reasonably good movie. 
but he was just incredibly difficult to work with, and they moved on and went with Mark Ruffalo. I just need a friend with like a ton of movies that I can just start on a list and go. And maybe I should stop watching seasons of the challenge. Maybe that's you know, what I should start doing. You idiot! Like I am that friend. Yeah, I understand. Maybe I need <laughs> I need you to text me your credentials after the show. You can have you can have my, you have my voodoo. You can have my Plex. You can. I have you... no idea where your voodoo credentials are. They're somewhere in my phone, and I cannot find them. Well, I mean, you could very easily just search voodoo on your iPhone, and mm. it'll come up. All right, send me the Plex. We'll, we'll get we'll get this going. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start brushing up on movies again. All right, well, here I'm gonna I'll I'm gonna, I'll text you my voodoo right now. But the we'll wait we'll wait on the Plex until I get moved because I'm gonna have a dedicated server and otherwise it would be you know if my computer my computer would have to be on. All right, then we'll wait we'll wait on that. All right, so I'm gonna text you this right now. Uh, this is I just here. I can't. I'm, try, believe... I'm trying everything in my power not to say it out loud. No, you're fine. I, no, I, I understand. I can vamp. I'll, va- I'll vamp a little bit. I can't actually believe that I didn't know enough Norton movies, but I guess when you're put on the spot like that, it's a lot tougher than you think. Oh, no. it's, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. Well, let's, well, here, are you in front of your computer? I am in front of my computer. Then let's let's reverse this. Let's uh, let's do this and let me play around. Hold on. Sorry. I had the YouTube video, which why this exists, the 57-second video of the Rounders Collector's Edition DVD menu pulled up. <laughs> Amazing. All right, pull up Rotten Tomatoes. Let's pick Let's pick somebody in the Matt Damon sphere, and let, let me play around here. I mean, Affleck. Affleck is what we're going to go with? Affleck, or you go Robin Williams? Oh. We'll just go Goodwill Hunting. Uh, I would... Uh, I'll go Affleck. Okay. Probably an easier of the two. Well, maybe not. Because if we think about it... Uh, Gosh, uh, if you think about it, Williams is there's so much like back end stuff of that, like not back end, but like older stuff that you probably don't know. I don't yeah. know how good oh, yeah, Mork yeah, yeah. and Mindy is. Um, <laughs> I was sad, sadly, I remember the Mork and Mindy show, uh, movies, uh, shows on Nickelodeon. Movies. Yeah, no, me too, buddy. I, I we used to play, I used to play at night. Why can't I just find Ben Affleck? Why is he giving me this weird movie? I just want to see Ben Affleck. Uh, I believe if you uh, you just there it is. Yeah, I found him. <sighs> All right, I'm I'm up for this challenge, and um, I I want to go. So what? So so the we're doing. I want to go audience score because I I I don't want to I don't want to account for the critics. I want I'm an I'm an everyman. So we're doing highest rated movies. Yeah, we're audi- doing it based just, on audience score. Yeah, just you can search by you can sort by audience. Yeah, score. I got it. All right. Feel free whenever, and it's just for actor, right? Oh yeah, 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 hundred yeah, percent. Okay, all right, cool. Um, I'm gonna it's gonna uh, be interesting. I'm, I'm gonna go Argo. Yes, in there, you got <sighs> one. All right. Um, I'm gonna go Gone Girl. Ooh, just outside number six. Ugh. All right. Uh, I'm gonna go the town. The town is no. The oh, town... I'm an idiot. The town is nine. Okay, I'm Goodwill Hunting. That's number one. Okay, yeah, that's that's the I'm an idiot. Uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Justice League. That is also tied for number one. Okay. Okay, so we have a tie at number one. All well, right. So I'm counting them as one and two, one and one a. So. So I am three of five with two strikes. Well, technically, I mean, if we want to, if we want to say it. 
If you say Goodwill Hunting and Zack Snyder's Justice League are tied at one, it would make it would vault Gone Girl into the top five. So we could take a strike away and give that to you. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll play it straight. I'll play it straight. Okay. Uh, will I? <sighs> so he's not exactly. I, I'll give you. I'll give you. He's not exactly front and center in either of these movies. Okay. He definitely. He, he, it's one is. Okay, limited. so that that eliminates some stuff. Like he yeah. had that he had that basketball coach movie the way back. So it's he was the star. Um, that was not it. <laughs> he was he was one of the main characters of uh, like uh, the Kevin Smith era movies like Mallrats and uh, and Chasing Amy. Oh, it can't be the accountant. Um. Okay, can I ask a question? I mean, sure. How not front and center is he? Is this is is one of them potentially? Because this is audience score, not critic score. Is one of them potentially a film where he just had a small cameo at the end? I I haven't seen the one enough to know. I think he's definitely it's definitely a bit like cameo appearance. Okay, though, Jay sure. and Silent Bob reboot. Yeah, that's it. That is it. Wow, I can't believe you pulled that one. He's awesome, and his his part his cameo at the end is awesome. Um, not front and center. I mean, he's definitely uh, in this movie, but like when you think about it, it's not. He's not the first guy you go to. Uh, Armageddon. Nope. Is that three strikes? That's three strikes. What am I missing? It's dazed and confused. Oh, I would have never in a million years got and, that. And again, he's not hes not the center of that movie. He, there, he's, he's, he's got a pivotal role. He's paddling dudes on the butt. Uh, <laughs> but but when you think about that, you think about Randy Pink Floyd. You think, yeah. about, God, God damn it, I'm going to have to go watch this gosh dang movie again. <laughs> uh, I, loved, I love dazed and confused. The soundtrack alone is just fantastic. You think McConaughey? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I would have gone McConaughey. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, let's pull up. Let's go. Uh, let's go box office. I still can't believe you snagged. I can't believe you pulled. Uh, Jane Silent Bob. Jane Silent Bob reboot. He was so good, and I've seen it relatively recently. I I think I watched. I think I watched it for like fifteen minutes, and I was like, "Oh no, this is." I thought it was all right. I I liked it. I had to revisit it. I have to revisit it. Yeah, Affleck's, Affleck's cameo at the end is worth watching. It, it's it's really funny. He makes fun of himself. Uh, it, well, it, was, it was actually the, it was a big story because when the, the movie was being filmed, and this is one of the reasons I thought of it too, uh, when the movie was being filmed, uh, Kevin Smith was asked if you know who he was going to be able to get back and whether or not he's going to be able to get Affleck back. And he and Affleck like famously fell out and hadn't spoken in a very long time. And Affleck said, uh, you know, nobody's called me. Nobody's asked me about it. And then at the very last minute, they ended up uh, they ended up reconciling, and they got Affleck back and filmed that scene. Well, that's good. I'm glad. That's that feels like it should happen. Yeah, those guys should they should be friends. Yeah, I agree. That make they 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 all started together. Yeah. Uh, all right, you got box office. I do. Well, I think it's going to be. Uh, we have to go superhero, and I think those are going to be at the top. Uh, I would go Justice League. It's number two. Then, then Batman versus Superman is number That's one. Number one, I would go Daredevil. No, incorrect. That is 
Surprisingly, it's like it's like top ten. It's like ten okay. actually. Well, I believe it's top ten because superhero just does big money. Um, yeah, but Daredevil's two thousand three. That's not really super. That's not like a superhero. Like that's uh, fair. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, uh, so we're in like the big. Oh, Armageddon. Yep, that's three. And if we're talking action movies, then it's also probably Pearl Harbor. That's four. Wow. <sighs> some some of all fears. No, that is right above Daredevil at nine. So that's two strikes. You have four out of five so far. You just need number five. Would it? uh... Argo's not. Argo couldn't have been big enough. Argo, I feel like it was too niche. I feel like Goodwill Hunting was too old. Um. I don't know. They kept the the, uh, the accountant. Just I don't think it was big enough. So it would have. To, I'm thinking it has to be something stupid early in his career. Like I'm like 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 reindeer games is going through my head. Uh, smoking aces. Ooh, smoking aces is an interesting. That's an interesting guess. Um. Oh, what was that? Okay. What was that? That stupid movie he did with. With the joke, why? How? It's embarrassing that I'm thinking of her as as Jesse James's ex wife, Sandra Bullock. Um, Forces of Nature. That's your guess. Yeah, I think that's my <laughs> that, guess. That is that is not it. I don't even. That's that's uh, that's the lowest one you guessed on the list. Really? Outside of it, it's like around fifteen. Okay. Um, uh, did did I outsmart myself there? You definitely did because. You five, six, and seven are all movies you mentioned before, and then you went Ar- you went Argo at seven, uh-huh. Evil Hunting at six, and uh-huh. five, Gone Girl. Oh my god! I, I just yeah. didn't think. I'm shocked Gone Girl's that high. I think it's just a timing thing, honestly. Like, I think it had hype around it. I mean, even I'm surprised it had more than The Town. I'm surprised it had more than some of these other ones. Smoke and Ace is surprisingly very low on the list. Really? I would, I would have thought it did pretty well. Thirty-five point six million, just just a shade, just just five million more than like Dogma and the original Jay and Silent Bob. Oh, I got and, one for you. Um, he he was in the, the Michael Moore movie Fahrenheit nine eleven. That one is actually that is just below Argo at eight. Okay, hundred nineteen so, million. So I got uh, in in my head. I got a lot of them. In your head, I, you said I, you even said some of all fears. You literally guessed the entire top ten except for <laughs> Gone Girl. I would have never in a million years thought Gone Girl was going to be up there. Some of all fears was a giant movie. He played uh, he played Jack Ryan. He did play Jack Ryan. Like that was a, like that. I was just thinking like giant action movies. Yeah, that's kind of what that game is with some of those guys. Guys that that focus on that a lot. Well. We're both losers, is what the. the <laughs> that's pretty much how. Basement. That's how it always ends up. Neither one of us can uh, can can pull off the pull off the W. Last thing I want to hit before we get out of here, sir. Um, it, it seems like it's shaping up to be a really interesting offseason in the NBA. Damian Lillard looks like he's probably going to be available in Portland. I think they had the one chance to pull the olive branch and hire Jason Kidd like he wanted. That wasn't going to happen. Now, yeah, uh, they, it, they 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 want to win. Hey, I'm not blaming them, but you know, winning really it really helps to have a All NBA point guard on your team. Um, looks for the first time, it seems like there's some cracks in the Bradley Beal to Washington uh, relationship. 
you know, certainly not on the same level as those guys, but a big name nonetheless. Chris Chris Porzingis like adamantly wants out of Dallas and like isn't even shy about taking shots about Luca being a ball hog. Do we think these guys are going to get traded? Do we think Dame gets traded? Do we think Beal gets traded? What happens here? Does does Porzingis know that he stinks? Like I don't know. He puts up like kind of adequate counting stats, but boy does he disappear when it matters. I mean, like, let's be fair, dude. Where were you in the playoffs, man? Yeah. You had two chances to close out the Clippers, and you just—it was a disappearing act. He and is course, seven three for no reason. Of course, of course, Luca's going to be a ball hog. He's the best player on the team, and arguably a top five current player right now in the league. Like, relax, Chief. Don't go. Don't don't go to Portland if you want to play with somebody who passes the ball. You know what I mean? What are you worried about in Portland? Well, I, I don't know. I thought you were talking Dame and Portland. I guess it's two you, separate you're things. You saying Lillard doesn't pass the ball? I would never. Uh, I don't know, man. Portland's weird. It seems like a, it seems like a situation that just needs to be blown up. It's just been too long. I'm I'm terrified, or terrified, in the words of Charles Barkley, that the most attractive package somebody's going to put together for Lillard is uh, is Jalen Brown and some picks and some other stuff in Boston. It'd be interesting. I really wouldn't be happy about it. But then how do Lillard and, and Tatum coexist? Is I think really well. I don't know, man. Tatum feels like he needs the ball in his hands, mm. and I feel like Lillard does too. That's uh, I don't know if Tatum would be willing to take a backseat on a night Dame's ready to go for 60. How about uh, Real Deal Beal, your buddy, your, your brother's best friend, Bradley Beal? How about, yeah, yeah, I'd be terrified. I don't know, but I don't know how Russ... I don't know how Russ, uh, uh, it? Russ Dame works together. I don't know if that works. Or are you talking about Beal to Boston? Talk about like Beal to Boston, or just will he be traded in general? Mm, I think Beal does get dealt, but the problem is, is he wants to be in Washington. Well, he's, it's, he wanted to be in Washington. For the first time ever, after they were eliminated, he started. Uh, he, was, he was less than adamant about his uh, desire to Want to stay in Washington? Versus, yeah. Who could blame him? Yeah, I mean, I really wouldn't like... I think he is a much more dangerous fit in Boston with Tatum because I think he's just a, he's just a far better shooter than yeah. than Brown. Like, Brown is a very, Brown's a very really, good really good player, man. Like, oh, no, he's very good, but the Beal's ability to get buckets on a nightly basis is above Brown. It just I, is. I'm going to say something controversial. I'm not 100% sure I would trade Jalen Brown for Bradley Beal. I don't. I don't disagree. I think Jalen Brown's very good. I don't know if giving up on him at this exact moment is a great Younger, idea. If you're Boston. better defender, and on, I think he was a better three point shooter last year. Uh I don't know. I'd have to look at the. I'd have I'm, to look I'm up looking. The stats. I'll look it up while you talk. But to to me, <sighs> Boston feels like they're going to pull the trigger a little bit too early on getting rid of these two guys for something that isn't Anthony Davis. Yeah, had it wow. been Anthony had Davis, that chance. Would have, yeah, had it been Anthony Davis, you would say, all right, well, however this works out, it works out. Instead, doing it for Bradley Beal feels like, well, now we just have to make a change to make a change. Now, maybe they do that in in the form of Kemba instead and bring some other piece in, but I don't know what you're getting for Kemba at this point because now Kemba has a nice contract attached yeah. to him. And By it's the a way, lot harder to move that. Charles Barkley's uh, nickname for Anthony Davis, hilarious, calling him Jim Shorts. Yeah, it's a good one. That's hilarious. Chuck ain't, Chuck ain't pulling punches, man. No. Okay, I'm going to give you some numbers that are going to surprise you. Bradley Beal, 
Uh, 34.9% on 6.2 attempts this year, 37% oh. for his career. Jalen Brown, 39.7% on 7.1 attempts from three this year. Brown, a better shooter this year significantly and for his career in general from three. Wow. That's... I'm surprised. Almost Beal, shocked. Beal's a better bucket getter in the in the half court by himself. There's no question about that. But between between the defense, the age, the contract, and all of the other stuff, I like Pete, Jalen Brown's 24 years old and he scored 24 points a game last year on a good Boston team. Not a great Boston team, but a good Boston team. Yeah, I think Jalen Brown is is underrated in terms of league wide accolades. Like, uh, and people doubt. I don't think people realize how good he actually is unless you yeah. really pay attention to the whatever. I don't know the NBA divisions. I guess it'd be Atlantic. Is it the Atlantic division? Yeah, sure, it's Gregory. Sense. Uh, I, unless you like really are, are in that like Northeast Carter, really pay attention to the NBA, you don't realize like the casual fan isn't like, dog, Jalen Brown is living. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I do agree. Jalen Brown's very, very good. Yeah, I think I would have a hard time doing that. Now, Brown to Portland seems like it makes a lot of sense. McCollum would get to play point guard for finally. Uh, you, you slot Brown in at the three. You resign Norman Powell. That's that's an interesting roster. If like if you're going to trade somebody like Damian Lillard, you could do a lot worse. I mean, they'd have to get more than Brown, but you could do a lot worse than that. Yeah, but what else do you get from the Celtics? You can you Robert make it Williams? Can, can like... you make it a bigger deal? That's my that's my question. Could you do something? Could you get Kemba and Jalen Brown for? Because Kemba is obviously superfluous on that team at that point. Yeah. So do you, can you get Kemba and Jalen Brown, which I mean creates the same CJ problem. He'd stay. He'd stay a point a shooting guard. But well, and then for, you're really just you're really just replacing Tatum with McCollum in between those two. And now I don't know what you look like because maybe your big's better because I think Nurkic is better than Tristan Thompson. Like if you're the yeah, Blazers. I think that's a safe. I think that's a yeah. safe assumption. Nurkic then, is really good. Yeah, but then you still have the Covington problem, which is a real well, issue. I think Covington would have to be the one who goes in the trade with. Uh, oh with my! I would buy a Covington Celtics jersey and I'd wear it to every. I would buy season tickets to the Sixers uh-huh. and I'd wear it to every game. Well, this is this was your guy. This was your guy who's now a Boston Celtic. How could how how are you somehow blaming Seventy Sixers fans or Robert Covington for something that neither one of them controls? I don't know. It just feels like antagonizing. You're just, if, yeah, you're that's just trolling. Literally, all you're doing is trolling. Yeah, that sounds about right at that point. <laughs> Big shot, Bob. Five attempts from three, uh, 38% this year, 80% from the line, 1.4 steals, 1.2 blocks. Eh. Furthest Look. he ever made it in the playoffs first round. Bye-bye, Bob. I will. I'll stand by. He, Covington's a nice basketball player. Not the savior of the team, as he was once predicted. Who who predicted that he Robert Covington was a savior of a team? All of you, all of you Covington get, fans, get the hell out of here! Best Nobody player said on Robert the team. Covington was a super. He might have been the best player on the tanking 76ers team when they signed him from uh, the Houston G League team that won, year. Like but he was competing with like Isaiah Cannon. I mean, Isaiah Cannon might be the worst basketball player I've ever seen play in the NBA. So you, you I'll give you that. All right, here, here. This is how we're going to end this, Greg. That it's the 2014-2015 NBA season. The 76ers finished 18 and 64 under Brett Brown that year. My word, uh, Brett. How many? Uh, and there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five. 
25 players Dolanday 76ers jersey that year. How many of them can you name without getting three strikes? Oh, my God. Uh, you said 2013, 2014? 2014, 2015. First, first year of the uh, of the the process. So we haven't even hit like Okafor draft. We haven't even hit no. Uh, For, it, literally, literally, first year of the process, which gives is going to give you a couple of players. This is tough because I am I, I'm living in Oregon. I'm not really having time to watch an 18 win team. God, thank God I lived in Oregon during the process. I would have broken several TVs. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, um, well, let's let's remember. No, let's think I, about the trades. What 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 trade kickstarted the process? Well, yeah, it's Ner- Nerlens Noel has to be on the team. That was the year I I, I stole a, a video game. Oh, excuse Bless me. Wow. You, sir. Usually, this is you with the sneezing, and today it it's always me. is. Yeah. Um, that's the that's the year that as a a GameStop employee I I ripped Nerland's Noel off from a copy of Grand Theft Auto Five. Yes, absolutely proud proudest moment for you <laughs> yeah, as a GameStop employee. Not a proud moment at all. I, it was <laughs> that was an embarrassing moment. Um, and uh, th- then we also there was also another I don't know high profile rookie on that team. Uh, high profile rookie. Yeah, and let's. No one will ever forget his first game against the Miami Heat. Oh, uh, God! It's Michael Carter Williams. Correct. So you've got yeah. you've got three of twenty five. Early process. I mean, Covington's not on that team, right? Or is he's he? he's the third of the twenty five okay. you have. Yes, that's great. Uh, Tony <laughs> Roten was probably on that team. It's Tony Roten four. Yeah. yeah. Uh. Who the hell start? Evan Turner's not on that team. He's already gone at that point, isn't he? Uh, I don't think he was drafted yet. Evan Turner wasn't drafted yet. He had to have been drafted. Yeah, after, I guess he would have had process. to have been. He must. This must have been the first year he was gone. It had to be. Yeah, because he's not on this team. Because he's on that Sixers team that beats the Bulls when the Bulls are a one seed and Rose tears his ACL. That's true. That's true. Yeah, this must have been the first or second year he was gone. Then. Oh man, man, Jesus Christ! Evan Turner's been in the league forever. Chris, we're old. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, accurate very accurate uh whew, man this team stinks <laughs> um i mean isaiah cannon we've already mentioned him we'll take him number five yep that makes sense uh who's the other big man who are the big men on this team uh who's the uh the big guy from duke no spencer hawes that's who i'm thinking of uh, Hawes on this team still? That is, I th- it, that's your second or, sir, or third strike. I'm not sure which one. Oh, second, God. I guess we'll say. Who cares? Yeah, with Evan Turner and Hawes. Then who's the big guy from? Who's the big goofy dude from Duke? Uh, There's yeah, not but, one. Eh, then yeah, he must be. He must be preview like uh, earlier than that. Then, huh? Man, I don't know. I got it's like it, there's a couple guys who I know I'm gonna get very mad when you say them because I sure. know them. I know sure. them, and I can't think of them. All right, let's let's do this. Starting at the bottom, uh, Hollis Thompson. I should have known that one. God M- damn it. Malcolm Thomas. I have no idea who that is. Ish Smith. Oh, Ish, I should have known Ish Smith. Henry Sims. That's a name I know. Uh, <laughs> Alexi Schved. That's who I'm thinking of. He's not a Duke guy. I don't know why I'm thinking Duke. Who was the guy from Duke? Sh- uh, Shaflik Randolph? Is that yeah? A it wasn't that wasn't yet though? Yeah. Uh, Jakar Sampson, point point car. Should have known about that. I believe our starting power forward that year was Thomas Robinson from Kansas. Oof. How about uh, how about Big Dog the Third? Uh, oh. 
GR3 <laughs> as a rookie from Michigan. One Jason Richardson on that team. Oh, the, and then the bald guy from... Oh, now the, I'm mad. The great JaVale McGee played for the 76ers that year. about that. K.J. McDaniels. Remember the excitement from K.J. McDaniels. Oh, yeah. Luke Richard Mbamute. I should have known that one. Malcolm Lee. Chris Johnson. Jeremy Grant was a rookie on that team. Oh, man, if we had only held on to him. Uh, he's yeah, but he, but he probably wouldn't be the player he is. Drew Gordon was a rookie on that team. Tim Frazier, a rookie on that team. Larry Drew, uh, Brandon Davies, and at the top, Furkan Aldemir. Oh God! Ah, uh, wait. So when was Gerald Henderson? That was Ugh. later in the process. Gerald Henderson would show up. Uh, you get. Rashawn Holmes shows up next year. Kendall Marshall shows up next year. Okafor shows up next year. Stauskas, Christian Wood show up next year. Uh, Elton Brand shows up that next year. That was the, the yeah, or the, the, the infamous practice. Uh, Justin Anderson shows up the year after that, along with Joel, but he wouldn't play just yet. Gerald Henderson shows up in 1617, uh. Along with Ursan Ilyasova, Timothy Luwawu Kabaro, uh, TJ, M- oh, I guess McConnell was the year before that. Boy, there are so many people I don't miss of all Sergio, these names, uh, Sergio Rodriguez, Dario Saric, another guy who said he'd do Tales from the Association but never did, Tiago Splitter, <laughs> and, uh, and that's about it. They were Hurry up, mention Ricky Sanchez, and then everybody can get really happy about Sixers, Sixers fans. Uh, yeah, this is, this is, uh, it would be, <laughs> yeah, we're done. All right. <laughs> I can't talk about the rest of this because there's some tough years in here. All right. That's, uh, that's going to be it for us this week. For Greg Crone, I'm Chris Horwood. This has been You're Wrong, and here's why. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.